Hello and you are very welcome to Dan and Dara and Dublin South FM. I am Dara McNicholas and tonight I am joined again by the most amazing and totally wonderful Kellyanne Evans of What We Saw from the Cheap Seats. Hi Dara, how are you? I'm pretty good, Kelly, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Can good. you hear me at all? Yeah, I think I can. Yeah, we can. Yeah, that's okay. We're getting heads up and nods everywhere. Fantastic. That's fine. I know, yeah, I'd have that kind of look on my face. Kind of, can I really? Uh, yeah, because I can't hear anything in my headphones. Yeah, oh, yes, go. now Darling I can. Go. There we go. Lovely. Man, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. Now we're all happy. <laughs> now we're all sorted. Lovely. It's good. Yeah, we'll just make sure all our dials are adjusted accordingly. Yes, that's fine. Okay, so we're, we're definitely here. We're definitely on. Perfect. We are live. Live. 93.9 FM and uh, at, uh, on demand at www.dublinsouthfm.ie. Yes, we are. Live. Yeah, so uh, wherever you are in the world listening to is, uh, yeah, great to have you. Um, thanks for being here. Yeah. So, busy show. Very busy show, Yes. Lots of news and entertaining stuff. We might even have a little poke at the Qatari World Cup. Yeah, there's been a lot going on this week. Um, (laughs) Yes. No, 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 no. He's back. (laughs) Boy, right. Yeah, so we've got that. We're going to have. Uh, you're going to. Oh yeah, sorry. We're going to. We're definitely going to have uh, what we saw from the chief seats. Yeah, myself and Ross will be back on. Ross will be reviewing uh, the wonder on both sides of the blade. Which I really want to hear about. Yeah. Uh, because I've seen a couple of kind of like bits and clips and stuff like that and I'm kind of going, huh? Yeah. Nothing on there now. I know. It, it seems intriguing, but we'll hear more about that later. Ross will give us a review from that and also both sides of the blade. Which I've never heard of. So there we go. We're back in familiar territory for me. I have <laughs> no idea. As the Cloud and E film, I don't know if you... Oh? What? Yeah. Right. I, I haven't oh, seen a Cloud and E film so either. I'm so bro, with me walking dead, <laughs> happy out there, couldn't be just happier. And then there's other people talking about stuff I have no idea about. <laughs> Fair enough, carry on. Yep, so that'll be us. And then we also have um, Neve Dunphy joining us later. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, Neve's going to be joined by uh, Fate Martin as well. And we're going to have a little chat about stuff. And Neve's going to bring us a little bit of new music as well from KDG, mm-hmm. uh, which is well worth listening to. Uh, Hello, Honey. Uh, absolutely fantastic track. Um, Ross has been away with the fairies again and <laughs> has selected. Yeah, yeah, you're right now. You're ready for this now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Helbert, or, or sorry, Herbert. You see, look, that's just it. Herb, Herb Albert, Albert. And the Tijuana Brass. Yes. Casino Royale. Yeah, you know. Okay, fair enough. Why just, not? Oh my God. Tonight, I promise I will play Elbow Leapy Kids. <laughs> uh, didn't get to do it last week because we were just talking too much. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, what have we got first, Kellyanne? First up, we have Jesse Ware with Ooh La La here on Dublin South FM. Well, there you have it now. <clears throat> Kellyanne, you want to explain that one to me? A, a jolly little song. Yeah, basically, it's just, you know, it's November now. It Like, winter has really come to say hello. Oh, boy, didn't it just with a plus this morning? Yeah. Wow. Literally. Dog, the dog didn't even get walked. <laughs> well, this morning he got walked in the afternoon. Fair enough, that's okay. I'm not, you know. I'm not a complete animal. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, you know, it's cold, it's dark, it's rainy, and that song makes me smile, and I thought it may, might make other people smile as well, and that's why I picked it. Good, okay, I, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, right, the news, um, which you just told me all the news, actually, while you were listening to that song. Yeah. So people don't need to listen to it now, uh, because I've, I've heard it all. And it's all very <laughs> interesting, and you should have been here. Yeah, um, there was a lot going on. Uh, a lot of different things happening uh, this week. You should start out with um, Taylor Swift is going on tour. Uh, 
all of her fans basically broke Ticketmaster. Um, so you so said she's coming here. She is. Yeah. I didn't know. I I honestly don't know where I where I'm living at the moment. <laughs> what am what is missing out of my life that I'm not listening to? Yeah. Is it like not mainstream radio anymore that I'm just not getting all of these things? Am I just listening to my music on my computer now and I'm just not? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I just it's it's appalling, but it's fine also. Actually, funny enough, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm okay with it. It's fine. carry on. Well, you wouldn't have been able to get a ticket anyway because they absolutely like it was just an insane amount of requests. So the uh, ears tour is coming next year. Uh, they went on sale November fifteenth. Was the pre-sale for it? Um, it was over. So they use a, a system called Verified Fan, right? Which is a platform for Ticketmaster. That's basically um, tickets go on a pre-sale a couple of days before general sale. And you can use something called Verified Fan, which would basically mean that you get priority, you get a code, you know, you're basically guaranteed to get a ticket first. That was the plan, right? And that usually works for other, um, for other artists coming here. However, it was a lot. There was over 3.5 million people that were registered for pre-sale tickets. Just, just here in Ireland? Um, yeah, this is Ticketmaster.com. Okay, all right. So, yeah. Well, so, according to them, so this is Whoa. all, this is, a, this is a statement from Ticketmaster that they brought out right. a statement yesterday, basically explaining it because everything went insane. So, these are, these are uh, according to Ticketmaster, there was over 3.5 million people that pre-registered for tickets. 1.5 were sent codes and there were 2 million people placed on a waiting list just for pre-sale alone. Um, and priority was obviously given to people with the verified fan codes, but when the tickets went on sale, there were a lot of um, fans who didn't have codes and bot attacks swamped the website. So there's actually 3.5 billion requests. Wow. Yeah. And just Ticketmaster absolutely broke because that's about four times what the like biggest request has been. So normally they're able to, to handle a lot of traffic. Obviously, they couldn't handle it then. They estimate about 15% of interactions across the site experienced issues. There was uh, issues with passcode verification errors. That caused a lot of people to lose the tickets that they had carded. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, in the first day alone, there was over 2 million tickets that were sold. That's the most that has ever been sold for an artist in a single day. They were all sold to verified fan users. And this is interesting that I saw um, in the statement for Ticketmaster. If everyone who had put in a request to sold a ticket, there would be over 900 stadium shows that Taylor Swift would have to perform. Every one show in a stadium every night for two and a half years oh in order God. for her to, yeah, for every single fan that wanted a ticket to see a show, she would have to perform every night in a stadium for ridiculous. two and a half years. Yeah, isn't that insane? That is just yeah. wrong. Yeah, I know. And obviously now, because tickets are in such high demand, there's also a lot of, like, the sale prices are crazy. I think oh, I've I seen bet. something like... Yeah, yeah. 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 People are trying to sell tickets for a couple of, like, thousand, I think I saw. Okay, like, and people yeah. will buy them. Yes, they will. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, you're all mad. So, so that's the insanity that wasn't, obviously, like, Ticketmaster have come out to apologise because it was just insane. But no one could predict that that would have been that, you know... <laughs> There would have been that amount of traffic because there's never that. That's literally like the most ever, way over the max that it, people would. <laughs> it's astonishing. Yeah, it, it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Right. What else have we got going on? So Dead to Me season three dropped on Netflix on the 17th of November. There was a premiere for it on the 15th. Um, this is going to be the last season of the show. And Christina Applegate, she um, she has MS. And 
she went barefoot on the red carpet. She's very open about her uh, MS, and she just said it was more comfortable. So, um, very disappointed actually, because I I really enjoy that show. And if you haven't heard of it, you should check it out. Uh, it's Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. Okay, can can we guess if I've heard of, heard about it or not? Well, I know you haven't. By the way, you're looking at me. <laughs> nope. Sorry. Yeah. It's very good though. Can I just you write that down? Actually, dead to me. Dead to me. What's yeah. it about? It's on Netflix. It's it's about um, Christina Applegate basically plays a woman whose husband dies suddenly in a car crash, and she goes to this like grief support group and meets um, oh, I can't remember her character's name, but Linda Carlini's character's name is Judy, and she meets her, and they become really quick friends. But not everything is what it seems, and chaos ensues, basically. It's very good. You should watch the watch the trailer and see okay. if you like okay. it. Okay, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll give it a go. Yes. Right, I think you should. Yeah. Okay, I will. I think you'd like it. Um, then, in the uh, just to add to the long line of uh, remakes of the 2020s, we have Disenchanted, which is the sequel to the 2000 film Enchanted. That came onto Disney Plus on Friday. That was filmed in Ireland. I think you said it was... Ennis. Well, part of it, part of it was out in Enniscary. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I'd read maybe six months ago or, or whatever that a huge part of what had been filmed up in Scary was yeah. being refilmed again somewhere in the UK. Oh, really? So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I kind of saw it and went, oh, boo, don't put that, that's not good. And yeah. didn't look into it much more. So, you know, again, it could okay. have been like last week when I thought I read a story about something that had nothing to do with anything and, and I could have yeah. got sued. <laughs> um, so I'm not I'm not 100% sure. But yeah. we actually went out to Scary to have a look at it. Oh, okay. To have a look, a little around, look around the set. Yeah. You know, while they were setting it up. Um, I should mad. Really? Oh, just completely bonkers. Like you know, yeah. having a little bit of from college and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Uh To be able to kind of see, yeah, just what they'd done to the place. Yeah. And I will have a look at Disenchanted just to see how it turned out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just fascinating. Yeah. Uh, absolutely incredible. You know, I mean, that was Covidian sort of type times as yeah. well, uh, to some degree. Yeah, it is really weird to visit like places where. Where, where things have been filmed and like you know where it is because even there's a film that came out oh, years ago it's called Letters to Juliet it's like a rom-com-y kind of thing but it was filmed in Verona and they used like Juliet's house so it's like a touristy place with Juliet's house and Juliet's balcony and everything and me and my mom and my uh, nana went to see it and we thought it was beautiful and we actually went to Verona <laughs> and we saw it you know we did I all the touristy it. stuff and then when we came back we watched it again and it was so cool to be like oh, we were there, we oh, were there. Yeah. yeah that's like that and that's how it is and that's actually over there but it looks it was just like yeah it's amazing so yeah no, it's, it's really cool to, to do that so I might go out to, to Enniscary um, then we have uh, Strictly Come Dancing returned to Blackpool after three years of being away because of uh you know, the pandemic, obviously, they couldn't perform there. Blackpool is like, I was explaining this to Dara kind of when uh, the song was playing, Blackpool is basically like the bar, ballroom for dance. It's like where all of the dancers, the professionals and the judges, like they all want to get to Blackpool and they had like a big show. It's been so long. Anton Dubeck is one of the professional dancers on the show. He was a professional dancer when they were in Blackpool and now he's a judge on the show. So it's been so long that he's, <laughs> he's gone now, he's judging the show. Um, and then the eliminations for I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here started. Charlene White was the, she's um, part of Loose Women. Well, I, I'm kind of happy just to see that that, that one just kind of float over me. Yeah. To be honest, because, uh, yeah. Boy George, I have no, who, who, no idea who the rest of them are. Yeah, I, I kind of yeah. don't I was really watching through the window the other night uh, and it was kind of coming up and you know what I mean? And it's not you. 
Yes. And it's not you. And I think it was eight or nine of them. I was kind of going, hold on a second. That's an <laughs> awful lot of people. Yeah. And I don't well, know any of them better. Kind of good old. Boy George. Boy George. How are you doing there, boy George? Yeah. Ah, uh, and, and just kind of vaguely, <laughs> kind of familiar. No, no, don't know. Yeah. Too. Yeah, well, that, the, that'll that end actually on um, at this weekend. I'm not sure whether oh, it's Saturday no. or Sunday. Yeah, well, that's when they start the eliminations. It's in the final oh, week. Oh, that's awful. Thank yeah. Oh, there you go. So that's the uh, that's the entertainment news for the week. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I'll take a bit of that. Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> you know, I think hopefully somewhere on the line we're going to have a little bit of uh, Neve Dunphy and uh, Fate Martin, mm-hmm. I think, if I can. Neve Dunphy, are you there? Yes. <gasps> Hi, Neve. Neve Dunphy's there. Hello. Fate Martin, are you with me? I am indeed. Hello. Oh, let's, let's, let's do this for a home run. I can go home now. My work here is done. <laughs> I'm absolutely well yep. sorted. Right, Neve, what are we talking about? So, Faith's got to take over a lot of this. So, Faith, do you want to see Blossoms twice this week? Tell us about that. Um, yeah, so I was very lucky to be able to attend two gigs of the same band. They're called Blossoms. They're from Stockport. Yeah, just kind of outside Manchester um, in England and then one of my favourites so the first gig was actually where I live at Portsmouth Gildall which is like down on the south coast of England for those of you that don't know um, amazing gig really good fun I would say in terms of wheelchair access it's not the best because you've got to go up like a stair lift but it's definitely slightly dodgy and needs refurbishing so that's always a bit of a, a nervy moment. And also it's quite tricky to get to the bar because the bar's downstairs and you've got to go upstairs. Um, but in terms of the gig, the gig was great. I actually got to hang out with a band afterwards, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, so that that first gig was great and I was really lucky to see them again. Um, I want to say it was, yeah, it was Saturday in Bournemouth. Again, really great venue, great show. The only problem with the access there is it's great because you get to go to the front, which I love, but I'm well aware that some disabled people don't like that. So that's something to definitely consider. You had to um, travel a bit further for the Bournemouth gig, so tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so for the Bournemouth gig, it was pretty much two trains and a 30-minute walk. Um, which I'll be honest, if no one's been to Bournemouth b- before, it's there's loads of hills and on the drop curve. Yeah, the drop curves aren't really drop curves. Um, they're more just like curves. So it was it was a bit traumatic to get there, but once I'd done it, it's quite easy to get back. Um, but yeah, two trains, a lot of faffing about with ramps and things like that, but. We got there, got to the front, had a great time. Um, and yeah, Blossoms just in general, if you know, you've know you not seen them before. And actually, they're doing a, a Dublin date soon. Um, so if you've not seen them before, I would highly recommend going to see them. And if you have seen them before, I would highly recommend going again. When is that? Is that December or something? I believe so, yeah. It's right at the end of the UK and Ireland tour. So I would presume it'd be December, yeah. So if there was no drop corpus in the path, how did you manage to get like around? A lot of like 
walking around the long way, going down kind of driveway slopes, a lot of quick thinking. <laughs> um, but it was, it was mostly all right. It was mostly all right. So basically, very much like when you came here, we had to try and navigate ourselves around everywhere. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It was like that, except you're in the dark and there's no street lights and nobody around and you're kind of down random streets that you don't know. Um, but yeah. How vulnerable did you feel as a wheelchair user in that situation? Um, um, I think that is a very important question. I think for, for me, I'm so used to being in situations like that that I don't really feel vulnerable anymore, but I think maybe I should. I think it's something I don't think enough about, not just as a disabled person, but as a woman. Um, but yeah, for me, I don't see it as much of an issue because I'm used to it. But I know that, you know, a lot of my friends that aren't disabled would see that as quite a scary thing to do. So I guess it just depends where your comfort levels are. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I actually, when you said that, I got quite nervous myself. So I can't imagine, like, being in that situation. <laughs> as a, And yeah, I'm not a wheelchair user, like, so. Yeah, I, I think in a city you don't know, you don't know where any of the drop curbs are or mm. what streets are wide enough for you to go down or what ones are narrow that you should definitely miss. I mean, I did nearly tip out of my chair on the way there, which is a bit scary. Oh, my God. But- oh my God. Were you with anyone? Like, did you go to the gig by yourself or were you with someone? Um, no, I went by myself and then saw a few friends that were there, but I was predominantly on my own for most of the most of the night. Oh, okay. Oh. This is where we would differ quite a lot because I would just be far too afraid to, like, even attempt to go to a gig by myself because you just don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Whereas I, I walked home at, like, quarter past one in the morning. Um, oh no, yeah. I couldn't be doing that now. Yeah, no, I do that quite a lot, to be fair. Um, I've got pretty used to it because I'm always at gigs and they're always like London. Yeah. Or they're usually somewhere far away, so you just kind of get used to it. But I can understand why people wouldn't want to do it. I mean, it's not ideal. Mm. Yeah, because the minute it gets dark, I panic. Like, yeah, no. me too. <laughs> yeah, like I think my main advice was would be if you don't want to do that then plan ahead and kind of pre-book taxis and things but I would say I don't know what it's like in Ireland but in England it's very hard to get a wheelchair taxi on a Saturday night yeah it's it's hard enough to get a taxi on a Saturday night yeah. let alone yeah, a wheelchair exactly. so yeah I say I say it's probably the same amount of probability really yeah exactly I'm quite lucky in the sense of what I've managed to build over time is like a pool of like, say five or six different taxi drivers. So I'm nearly always covered that if I go out and night, I can like get home. It's very rare that I can, but I think it's only happened once this year where I haven't been able to get home via a taxi, like, haven't I? Yeah, I think you're, you're quite lucky in that sense because you're like the only person I know that does have that, um, which is really good. But I feel like it's something that you know, most people don't have. And also, I want to point out that, like, public transport for a lot of disabled people is their only option of getting around, and that could make going to gigs in particular really, really stressful because a lot of the trains finish before the gigs do. 
Um, so that's definitely something to think about when we think about access to and from kind of live music and cultural events. Has that ever happened to you where like trying to stuff and finish before gigs? Because I didn't know this. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would say like you either have to leave half an hour early or you kind of wrangle your way as far down that line as you can to get back and then wait for a taxi from there. Um, but yeah, it, it has happened to me. Like in London, I ended up sat in a train station until like five in the morning waiting for a taxi. Oh my God. That was fun. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds it. Not. <laughs> so Faith, you, you came over, you were good enough to come over for Neve's uh, graduation. Um, Indeed. How was that trip? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Do you know what? I love Dublin. Um, I love it a lot more than I love it where I live. But do you know, it's just to see Neve is always great. And I've met some really nice people. And yeah, I just had a really great time. Uh, I imagine you flew. I did, yeah. Um, not too many problems. They didn't break my wheelchair from one, which is always a bit nervy. Um, they got me on and off fairly quick, actually. So yeah. Ah, come on, we can't have a success That's story here. Yeah. I'm not, no, no, Mafia, we can't have this. <laughs> I think um, when we, we were talking to Neve about her graduation uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she mentioned that you travelled by yourself. Yeah. How was that experience then? Um, yeah, it's fine. I mean, I'd only ever done it like once before on the plane and, and that was to go and see me the time before our graduation. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, all good. Stuff like that doesn't really bother me, but I just kind of crack on with it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. No, you have a lot more. I mean, I get so much anxiety flying it, like traveling by myself. I think it would stress me out and like that's without being a wheelchair user. So I, like, I, I. <laughs> I'm going to pat you on the back there, Faith. <laughs> I feel like I just mostly worry that they're going to like break my break chair, it, yeah, something from the chair, or yeah, yeah. We would have had we we would have heard quite a few horror stories of uh, people just yeah chairs being yeah. hockeyed and lads just shrugging their shoulders at them, going yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I feel like I was very lucky to be fair because I've heard so much of that. I think my advice with that one. Um, fly with Aer Lingus or BA as opposed to the likes of Ryanair because even though you're paying a bit more, they take they uh, take more care of the chairs. That's what you're paying for, really, isn't it? Though it's it's comfort. Because I've had my chairs smashed on Ryanair. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Thankfully, that time it wasn't on my own. But anytime I've travelled on my own, I've flown Aer Lingus and been grand. So, Neve, you've got some wonderful new music for us. I do, and it's by a very, very familiar person to you, Dar, is the lovely KTG from Longford. This is the lead single from her upcoming debut album, her upcoming uh, second album, which is yet to have a title, and it's called Hello Honey. I was lucky to get this track in one of the bands. It's actually my favourite track of the year. Uh, so yeah, this is Hello Honey by KTG. Uh, absolutely smashing track there from uh, KTG. Neve Dunphy, thank you very much. <coughs> Gigability to blog and Fate Martin. Uh, belter of a tune. Um, and as Neve said, we have that a month earlier than just about anybody else. Uh, I hope that does incredibly well for KTG. Uh, we will now pause, uh, not for the Angelus, uh, not for anything else, but we will have a look in uh, the good book of movies. 
Uh, bless yourselves, genuflect. Nod, wink, salute the magpie. And we shall hear from what we saw from the cheap seats. Hello and welcome to what we saw from the cheap seats, the podcast that is very happy to be part of Florence Pugh's 2022. Hello, my name is Kelly, and tonight I am joined once again by my co-host and brother, Ross. Hello, Ross. How are you? Hello. I'm not too bad. That's I really liked that intro. Thank you. I'm really trying my best with these intros, you know? They're good. They're strong. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you very much. We, uh, just to pull the curtain back a bit, we recorded an episode of the, the main podcast. Oh, yeah. And I had to do the intro for the first time in like two or three months. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so hard. I can't believe I used to do one of them every episode. Just like you do them from now on. And when we first started doing this, is it, it makes more sense for this, for me to talk first, because I'm already talking and, you know, it, the audience hasn't heard from you. So it just, it just makes more sense. So I panicked the first time and I was like, oh my God. And Ross is just like, ah, it's grand. It's easy. No bother. And I'm like, no, it's not. And now the tables have turned. Oh, yeah. Well and truly. I, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with keeping them. I think you're very good at this. Thank you very much. You did not have far to travel for the two films that you're going to review I didn't this week. I at all. I watched them both at home. <laughs> um, because both these are available to watch at home, I would like to say. Um... And these are two of the kind of bigger festival films of the year. Mm -hmm. So first up on Netflix, I watched The Wonder. It's the new film from Sebastian Lalo, who a few years ago won Best International Film at the Oscars for A Fantastic Woman. Mm. Uh, This is an adaptation of Emma O'Donoghue's novel, which she's actually adapting herself. She wrote the script for this as well. Oh, really? And as, as you set up in the intro, it stars Florence Pugh as an English nurse in 1862, I believe. Mm who comes over to Ireland to investigate the strange case of a little girl who doesn't eat, has you know, hasn't eaten in months, and yet is completely, perfectly healthy. All of the locals say it's a miracle. She suspects something else. Now, this has been a very hotly anticipated film. Um, this filmed in Ireland last year. Yeah. And I, I think over here it's coming with a great deal of excitement and anticipation. Now... With a with a premise like that, the film is working with such a rich base of ideas because mm. the whole thing is about science versus religion. It's about faith versus like further interrogation, and particularly the idea that two people can look at the same thing and see something different. Yeah, the pious man sees a miracle. The thinking man, the man of science, sees a medical anomaly, and the idea of this sort of like dichotomy and the development of this kind of, mm. you know, how things like this are perceived. And I think all of these ideas are more interesting on paper than they are in practice. Oh, really? Now, look, here's the thing. This film has been getting quite good reviews, quite good responses. I wasn't a massive fan of it personally. Yeah. I think Florence Pugh was excellent. No surprises there. Um, and, and as I say, I think it's dealing with some very interesting ideas. But for me, it's very slow paced. It's very... Which isn't necessarily an issue. That's not a problem. It's just... The drip feed of information was a bit, you know, and, and there are some interesting touches here. There is an interesting sort of nearly fourth wall kind of meta cinema feel where the whole thing is a film being told and a very self-consciously being presented. Yeah. There's little nods to the production of the film in the film. Oh, but, 
I don't know how I feel about that. Well, actually, it kind of does it a little bit more elegantly than than you think. Yeah. So I, I think all that stuff is very interesting. Where it sort of falls flat for me is, and we were talking that we were talking about the Banshees of Inner Sharon a few yeah. weeks ago. And one thing I love about that film is, it sort of takes everything you'd expect from a period rural Irish drama and subverts it. Mm. It doesn't play it straight. It doesn't sort of go with that stereotypical perception of Ireland that's been seen in cinema for decades now. This does. This plays it straight. This, apart from those kind of interesting ideas I mentioned, for me, feels very conventional, feels very, a bit too easy. And again, I'm kind of in the minority here. A a lot of the people I know that have seen this have really liked it. Mm. Some of them have loved it. This is getting a lot of good write-ups, but for me personally, outside of Florence Pugh being great, And, you know, the scenery being fantastically beautiful to look at. And also, good performances too from Neve Algar, from Tom Burke, from Toby Jones and Garon Hines. Whole cast is great. I don't know the actor playing the little girl. She's great too. But, I don't know. I just, I don't think it comes together in any particularly satisfying way for me, personally. I think it's fine. Do you think, though, that, like, the reason why it's kind of played so straight and so literal is because the writer of the book also wrote the, the screenplay. Like, do you think she really wanted to just include as much as it and do like a direct sort Maybe. of book to film adaptation as possible? Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine that's probably the case, you know, and I, I I, think it's the whole idea of like, now I haven't read the novel, so I, mm-hmm. I can't say, but it does feel like it's it's playing everything a bit too straight and... even even though it does have those kind of, you know, little fourth wall breaks I mentioned... Yeah doesn't have quite, not necessarily have fun with itself, because this isn't a fun story, but it doesn't take advantage of the medium it's in, I'd say. Okay. And I think it yeah, probably has something to do with. Although she did um, also adapt her novel Room into the film a few years ago, so. Oh, that was her. That's Brie Larson, isn't it? Is that yeah, who won the Oscar for that. Right. But um, So I suppose maybe it depends on the director she's working with. Yeah. You know, Lenny Abramson did Room. I'm not, I should say, I'm not as big a fan of Sebastian Lalo. Generally, I think his films are fine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and I think it makes sense. I think this is fine as well. I would recommend people seek it out, even though I didn't love it personally, um, because they might make more of, it, more of it than I did. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What are we going to rate it overall? I say we. I haven't seen it. What are you going to rate it? <laughs> I think I am going to give this two and a half looks to camera out of five. Perfect five out of ten for me. It's fine. I don't know how I feel about the yeah the what the 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 look the looks to camera kind of and thing. And it's like narrate the whole time, and it's all like in the story called the wonder. This is what happens, and right. that's very for me a little hit or miss. I, I actually think it works there better than some of the other stuff. That's very. I think Enola Holmes does that as well. I know mm. the second one just came out there recently. I haven't seen either. I've I haven't no seen interest. The I did not like the first one. Right. Yeah, but you know what I did like. And I did like it quite a bit. Yeah. Is the new film from the absolute legend of French <laughs> cinema. Oh, yes, she's back. Claire Denis. Just before you go on, I feel like if you didn't like a Claire Denis film, I would be really surprised. Oh, yeah. Well, Claire Denis is probably one of my favourite directors. Yeah. I would say. I'm a massive fan of hers. I was so excited for this. It's called Both Sides of the Blade. Won the Golden Bear at Berlin this year. What's the Golden Bear? It's the top prize okay. at Berlin. Um, it's actually the first of two films she has out this year. The other one's called Stars at Noon, which so far doesn't have an Irish release date for 2022. Looks like it's probably coming out here next year. Yeah, you're explaining to me that this is the um, 
old new film. Yeah. For from Claire Denis. Not, not her newest film, but yeah. a it's new not her film. new new film, it's but her it's her old, old new, new film. film. Yeah. <laughs> and this is of course Claire Denis people might know films like White Material or Beau Travail or High Life, the film, the sci fi horror film she made a few years back. Mm. Starring Robert Pattinson, Andre 3000. What? Uh, yeah. And uh, Juliette Binoche, who... <laughs> That's is, such I, a random big name out of yeah. a hat. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Andre 3000 is great at that, actually. But uh, Juliette Binoche is in it as well, and she's also on both sides of the blade with uh, Vincent, uh, Vincent Landon, I think is how you pronounce his name. Um, and they start as Sarah and Jean, a couple who've been together for years, who... I sort of exist in the middle of this weird, like a very dense network of kind of personal relationships. So mm. there's a friend who comes back into their lives after years that kind of threatens their decades-long relationship. Yeah. There's uh, Jean's mother and his, um, his son from a previous relationship and how these characters all sort of intersect. Now, Claire Denis, the big thing with her film, is, well, her films, I should say, is the sort of like complicated relationships that people have and the the invisible boundaries they can't quite cross in themselves and mm. with each other. So it's perhaps kind of fitting that this is a COVID era drama, that this is about right. people having their lives kind of shifted. And it's sort of like COVID now, that kind of like adjustment to a new normal. Okay. And how the things you've sort of come to rely on are shifted by new things coming into your life again. Mm. Now, one thing I did quite like about this is the focus on the idea that, like, relationships in this film are sort of their own individual timelines. Yeah. Where the mistakes you make, the hurt you inflict and the hurt you take are all just part of you. You can't go back. You can't change things. You can only move on and hope that your best is enough to keep things going. Yeah. I think it's a really beautifully compelling piece of drama. I think Binoche, great. No surprises there. She is a titan of French cinema. (laughs) But... It's Landon who gives the best performance for me. I adored him in last year's Titan, in my films of the year last year. <laughs> yes, I'm aware. And he brings the same sort of... His performances in both films I've seen him in now... I should also say they've both worked with Denis before, but in both of those films that he's done recently, he has this sort of, like, strong, sort of guarded, vulnerable masculinity where mm. he's, he's great in the quiet moments where he's conveying this very intimate drama. But then when he lets rip... And he really kind of goes for it in the big scenes. It is really, really hard-hitting. I think this is a fantastic film. I think it's very emotionally battering, but very much worth it. I really loved it. It's out on Mubi. Now, it was out in the cinema a few weeks ago. It's out on Mubi now. It's also available to rent on Apple, on Google. I loved it. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it, you know, a solid four rugby balls out of five. (laughs) Because uh, Vincent Landon's character was an ex-rugby player who now is thinking of coaching kids. Where would it fall in your Claire Denis ranking? Um, God, my Claire Denis ranking. I think I'm probably both of right top. Mm-hmm. Then white material, trouble every day, high life this. Okay. Maybe. I think the others are just... They must be really good then if the, if the lowest is a four. Tr- yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You know, she doesn't make bad films. Yeah. She's always on point. This is a four out of five for me. Um, and I, yeah, it, it just about cracks my top five Denis. Although, as as I say, with a bit more time, because her films are very patient, a bit more time and marination, mm-hmm. who knows. <laughs> but um, I'm not I'm not ready to let it into the top yet. Okay. I, I feel like both Revive and White Material, her two African films, are yeah. both 
they're top of the pile at the minute. You gotta let it sit for a bit. Yeah, need yeah. to need to ruminate. I think. So there you go. There's two films that you do not have to travel very far for to watch. Now, Ross, you have the next song. Yes, I do. <laughs> this is uh, Casino Royale by Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass on Dublin South FM. This is indeed Dublin South FM uh, 93.9 FM and on demand on www.dublinsouthfm.ie and you can listen just about anywhere you want to be listening to. And I am, of course, Ross Evans. <laughs> and I'm joined by... <laughs> Kellyanne Evans. And Darren McNicholas. Wow, well, that's we really like I, I, I got it there first because you butchered that joke last I week. I panicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's okay. Listen, I, do you know, I'm going to start with my bit of news that, like, that the walking net is over, lads. God, thank God. I feel like what, this show is... What do you mean, thank God? Well, I feel like this show is... Every week. You're you're in there. You're lucky there's a yeah, pain this show has been ending for weeks. Every week, you come on and you're like, oh, we have to talk about the walking <laughs> dead. The walking dead is ended. Has to be said. The walking dead is ended this week. <laughs> we weren't sure like, about thank it God. <laughs> All right, talk about the walking dead ending. Come on, you're not happy with that. No, I'm not. Yeah, okay. I'm not. I'm not even happy with the ending. I watched it today. How, so... How did you find the ending as a, as a long time fan well, of the show? Of, at the end of the show, that's where I found it. Oh, well done. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not. No, no spoilers here, lad. No, no, no. Oh, don't do any spoilers. I was a bit disappointed, actually, to be honest. Okay, why is that? In the ending of it. Why is because that? Because it was like, there was, there was almost kind of butterflies and sort of... But were they zombie butterflies? Is the thing? No, zombies they're not the called zombies. Dead. Oh, they're were they walker? But they wouldn't be walker butterflies, they'd be flyers. Yeah, but see, actually, funnily enough, Ah, screw the spoilers, but it's not really a spoiler anyway, because The Walking Dead have evolved a bit. Okay. Okay. And they can now climb walls. Right. So the well, climbing dead. It's been on for it's been on for what, twelve years, so they probably would have had to try and Yeah, pretty much. It's only last time it's last three or four episodes that started doing this sort of malarkey. Oh, okay. And you're pretty kind of going, right. Really? <laughs> right. Really. Now you're changing it up. <laughs> yeah. Come on, so, that's you know, that's the most so where would you oh, where would you really? kind of rate this in the in the world of TV endings? Would you would you have it like up with the likes of Breaking Bad or like down with something like Game of Thrones in terms of being a disappointment? Uh, How would you? Do you know, it? funny enough, actually, two series that I haven't watched. Right, uh, both Neither great. Yeah, both good. But where where would you go in terms of like? Well, it wasn't great. great. Ending, yeah, it wasn't great but yeah. thankfully, there are at least two spin-off series coming, and Fear the Walking Dead is still isn't finished yet either. Right. Okay, I, you so still have content. I'm alright. Yeah. I'm yeah. okay. I, know, I, the I universe, look, the Walking Dead universe, is alive. Right. I look That's forward good. to hear of hearing about those two shows ending for no, many he, years to come. I don't, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> I know he's being very he's being very harsh. But I am. I'm sorry. I've a moment of silence for the Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this highbrow. I know. Ooh, I think bladey thing, whatever the hell that movie was. I don't know. <laughs> I think though the the thing that's really difficult when shows have been on so long, like wrapping them up is really hard. Even shows that have been on for like five seasons, that the ending gets butchered. So I can't imagine something that's been on for like twelve yeah, I seasons. To, I know, but they have to compete as well with the simple fact that it's based on a, on, a, on a comic that which yeah. has yeah. its own sort of. I don't know they've like. Oh God, uh, man, read us, uh, Daryl. He's not even in the in the comic. Mm. Oh really? <laughs> he's not even in it. So. But he's a big character oh, he is, in the yeah. show, he right? Is. He's one of the main characters. Yeah. You know, uh, so you know, kind of. Anyway, right. right. Anyway, we'll go talk By about something way. else. Go on, because I know you want to. I'm right. just going to sit here and just mourn. Right. Shout no, out to sulk. the wa- I'm sulking. Shout out to the Walking Dead, 2010 to 2022. May it rest in peace. All right. Well. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> And speaking of rest, speaking of relaxation, nights are getting dark. You want to chill out. You want to go to the cinema. 
We've got you covered here in Dundrum. Movies at Dundrum is down here below us with an absolute buffet of bangers coming this week. So Wednesday the 23rd is the new film from Luca Guadagnino, director of Call Me By Your Name, which again reunites him with Timothy Chalamet. This is a horror film called Bones and All. Uh, looks fantastic, as does Glass Onion, the sequel to 2019's Knives Out, which again sees Daniel Craig coming back to solve a new mystery, new faces, new crimes. But it'll be the same old Benoit Blanc thrills and laughs. This is getting great reviews. I cannot wait to see it. It comes to Netflix next month as well. Now on Friday, we've got She Said, sort of a hard-hitting dramatisation of the Me Too um, movement. Movement. Yeah, I, was, I lost the word there for a minute. That's okay. Uh, we've got the new Disney film, Disney animation Strange World, featuring the voices of Jake Gyllenhaal and da- uh, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, I'm excited for this. It looks really good, I have yeah. to say. Um, there's Matilda the Musical, the West End smash, now a film, yeah. coming to Netflix in America, coming to cinemas over here. And on Friday is the release of Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Oh, which, uh, can, I, can I put my hands up? Sorry, can, yes. I, put, can I put my hands up? Okay, yeah. his hand is up. His, his, hand uh, is up. his um, short episode thing. Uh, Comedy Curiosities. I haven't seen yeah. that yet. Is it good? Muck. Oh, right. Really? I'm really I'm excited for it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm looking forward really? to it. Yeah. yeah, I was kind of going, oh, that's your man. Yeah, yeah. The other two were always rabbit not about him. They love him. They think he's deadly. <laughs> yeah, I oh, this is brilliant. And I kind of sat down and I went, Oh, oh really? no, this if I did the hair that yeah. I was looking well, you, you might it. like it because maybe oh. we like him, yeah. Well, I, I do like him, and I, I have to say, I, I was lucky enough to see his Pinocchio earlier. Did I, you know? I think it's a masterpiece. Lie to me, oh, uh, no, not lying. I saw it last month. I think, it's a, I think it's a banger, I think it's film of the year, and I think everyone should see it on a big screen or on the small screen 9th of December on Netflix. Get the family round, you'll have a lovely night. Kelly, what's going on? Going on in the mill um, this week, we have Balali One Act starts on the 22nd to the 26th of November. Uh, there's two of the Balali players are going to present their one act plays. There's two of them. So this is A Thousand Deaths by John Clancy, directed by Joanne Keane. Uh, I'm just going to read the description for you guys. So a man mourns the death of his wife who had dementia for the last thousand days of her life. He's joined by his son and daughter in the church on the day of her funeral. It's family reunion, dark secrets are revealed and we discover how love can pull a family together or drive them apart. Now, Dara mentioned this one last week. This one sounds really interesting. This is Purple Scrub by Sean T. Kelly. This is set in a bar next door to a 24-hour international recruitment agency. A priest is drowning his sorrows while playing chess in the bar with the bartender and sipping his whiskey. It is a shift changeover at the recruiters and they come to the bar to drink away their problems. As the drinks flow, they reveal to the priest that recruiting is not all that it seems. Both shows are suitable for age 12 uh, and up. Tickets are from €15. Euro. You can check out the mill to find out more. On Friday, then, there's an evening of musical theatre, also in the mill, uh, with Thomas Cameron. It is in the uh, Marina O'Hara studio. It is on a uh, Friday, like I mentioned. Um, now, I don't know anything about classical music, but apparently he is a Brit Award-nominated English tenor. He's achieved seven number ones on um, Amazon Broadway singles. Uh, he's going to be performing a number of well-loved songs from the world's musical theatre and also classical theatre. Showtime is half seven. Tickets are 20 euro admission. You can find more information on both of those things at themilltheatre.ie. Now, for something um, a bit further away, the Beauty and the Beast is coming to the Borgosh Energy Theatre. It's <laughs> tale as old as time. <laughs> exactly. Um, this is the UK and Ireland tour. It 
is starting on the 24th of November. Tickets are on sale now. It's running in Ireland. 70 from the quid a ticket. <laughs> it's from 51 euro. It's 70, running. 70 quid a ticket. <laughs> running from the 24th of November to the 8th of January. I know, because so, my wife bought them. <laughs> I should say, a friend of mine actually saw this uh, early, saw a preview of it and said it was excellent. Yeah. So. I'm very Good excited. Day, uh, I'm hoping probably. to go to it myself, so hopefully we'll be able to review it then on the radio for you guys. Mm-hmm. want to also shout out some special um, shows that are going to ha- be happening. So on the 1st of December, they're going to have the ISL performance. Uh, then on the 6th of December, there'll be Audio Described and Touch Tour. Um, I don't know what that is because that's all that that says. And then um, on the 8th of December, there'll be a caption performance. So, uh, yep. Yeah. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, they're from fifty-one euro, and you can find more information at boardgoshenergytheater.ie. Like we should also mention, because it's almost the season, there are two Christmas markets happening at the minute. Oh yeah. Um, there, well, there's probably more, but the ones that Ross and I have been to, there's the Galway Christmas Market and the Belfast Christmas Market. We just went to the Galway one this weekend. It was lovely, very really nice, good. and we went to the Belfast one last year. It was nice to kind of get back into Christmas markets, you know, post-pandemic. Yeah. Mm. Um. The Galway Christmas Market is in Air Square. That's running. It started on the 11th of November, running till the 22nd of December. And the Belfast Christmas Market is in City Hall. That's running from the 19th of November to the 22nd of December. So if you can, I would say go and get in the Christmas spirit because it's really lovely. And there's some very good food at the Galway one. At the Galway one, shout out to the guy doing the cannolis. I think oh, the yeah. booth is called Dolce Sophia. Fantastic so cannolis, highly recommend. Yeah, there you Lovely. go. Lovely, lad. That kind of brings us to the end of our show this evening on uh, Dumbass Out FM. Oh. I remain Dara McNichols. I remain. Oh, sorry. Go on. You said it. You started already. I remain Ross Evans. And I remain Kellyanne Evans. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can find me at uh, mcnicholasmedia.ie. Kelly, where can we find you? Lovely lunatics. <laughs> you can find us at what we saw from the cheap seats wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Right, God knows. We'll probably see you next week. Uh, hopefully, same place, same hopefully channel. So. All things going well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last Dan and Dara Doability show will be on the 2nd of uh, December. Am I right in that? The 2nd of December? I thought it was the 5th. The 5th of December. I don't know what day of the week it is. The 5th of December. Yeah, so we have a little roundup. Hopefully, we get Dan back in the studio for that one. Uh, in the meantime, sure, till then, we'll talk to you very soon. Hey,